the past couple of days have been fun because we found out that we have a leak in oh. pipes oh. in the slab foundation. Oh no! The foundation is the is the the big part, the part that's not supposed to have anything wrong with it. Yeah, so we can get a repipe done and have them take the pipes through the ceiling and drop it down. Okay. That's looking like the method we're going to go with. Okay. To get it fixed, but the price on that is like minimum eight grand. Oh my god. Like, I'm oh glad we have credit cards and stuff. Oh, my God. But we're still going to have to take out, like, a home improvement loan or something to get it taken care of. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. And right now, we have no hot water. Oh, my fucking God. Because it was a hot water leak. But thankfully, it was only a hot water leak and wasn't both leaking. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow, that's really hefty. That is extremely hefty. So, if... uh any of you listeners out there aren't already on our Patreon, you we should, could use... You should uh, get on it. <laughs> you should get on our Patreon, because I really need the money right now. And I need the money because I got passed over for the promotion I was talking about last week, so... Wah, wah. Exactly, we both need the money. Yeah. Good times over here at Gender Swap Productions. That's been my weekend of yeah. uh, dealing with that and getting extremely stressed and all that fun jazz. Yeah. But, um, could be worse. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it could always be worse. <laughs> it could always be worse. So. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Barks. For a second, it looked like a bottle of soy sauce. And I was like, what in God's name is going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking a bottle of soy sauce. To get my, <laughs> I need my sodium content for the day. That sounds like some, like, stupid, like, new age holistic. <laughs> Clear your toxins, etc. Yeah. I made a brown sugar simple syrup earlier because I ran out of coffee creamer. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just put milk in my iced coffee um, because I've been doing iced coffee rather than hot coffee lately. So I need something that will dissolve in cold coffee. So I made a brown sugar simple syrup and it is pretty good. It could be better, but I think I'll just do um, more sugar next time. So you live and you learn. Oh, there you go. But it's passable. Okay, so this is... Okay, so I think it was the last episode that I did this daily question. Was it the last episode that I asked you what the scariest game you ever played was? Yes. Okay, I've been on a spooky kick lately, if you can't tell. And also, while well, Halloween is next month, you got to get busy early. Um, exactly. What would you consider to be the scariest movie you've ever seen? I don't know how easily spookable you are at this point in your life. Aside from, like, the general horrors of capitalism. Scariest movie I've ever seen? There's a bunch of movies that would fall into... Like, the remake of The Evil Dead was pretty fucking freaky. Okay. Any particular reasons or just really good uh, it follows. Oh, It Follows sounds good. I've, I've seen a couple of analyses of it, but I haven't watched it yet. Although probably the freakiest movie I think I've ever seen was a remake of a Japanese film mm. called Pulse. Japanese horror goes very hard already. Well, this was, this was the American remake of it. Mm. And the plot... Is basically ghosts exist. Okay. They live in Wi-Fi and radio signals. Ooh. And they will kill you. Oh, no. <laughs> and there's no way to stop them because they can go through walls. And the only way to escape them is by going to, like, a dead zone where there's no signal. Ooh. That's very eerie. And also, I feel like I... The themes. I don't know. I really enjoy that. I like that a lot. And that was in yeah. 2006. That was before the internet had the even the ubiquity that it has today. Holy shit. Yeah. 
it was mostly cell phone signals and stuff that they were coming through back then because Wi-Fi, if you remember in 2006, wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the original came out in 2001. That came out, wow, the remake came out really soon after, actually. There was a period there where Hollywood was just remaking a bunch of Japanese films for American audiences because they thought that American audiences wouldn't like Japanese actors. Wild. Which is racist, but also not necessarily wrong. Follows a pattern. Damn. Yeah. When their computer hacker friend accidentally channels a mysterious wireless signal, a group of co-eds rally to stop a terrifying evil from taking over the world. Ooh, this looks spooky. Oh, apparently sometimes it's called Circuit. That's really interesting. interesting. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I will add that to my watch list. There is also another film that freaked me out when I was in high school and I saw it. Mm-hmm. The House on Haunted Hill. That sounds really familiar. Was there? Not, oh, I'm not thinking the of the... Not the 1959 version. Huh? Not the, not the 1959 Vincent Price version. Okay. This is from 1999. Isn't there Haunting of Hill House also? Wasn't that like a TV show? Yeah, there was that, but Oh yeah, that was 2018. That. I'm assuming that was a remake. Yeah. You've got The House on Haunted Hill from 1999. Why that one in particular? Uh, really good special effects. Ooh. Really scary. There's one scene where they're, they're, it's basically this big house, and there's a competition with a, with, a, with a billionaire. Who's all like, if you could stay in the house overnight, I'll give you X amount of money. Okay. But I have to warn you, the house is haunted. And, and the billionaire like, went yeah, into right. this. Well, the billionaire went into not thinking it was haunted. And it actually set up like little, like, amusement park ride ghosts and shit and stuff like that to catch people and all that. But then it turns out it actually is haunted. It used to be in a, san- the, the house on Haunted Hill used to be a sanitarium. Oh. Where they did a bunch of freaky experiments and stuff on inmates. Of course. Classic. Until one day, the inmates went crazy, took over the asylum, and killed everybody and burned it down. Yeah. Fair. I would, too. Probably. Yeah, and then they had it rebuilt, but it's all haunted by their ghosts. And there's this one scene in particular where he goes to talk to one of the security guys who's watching a bunch of screens. Uh Uh-huh. And keeping track of everybody to like set off like, oh yeah, we're gonna have this door suddenly open on them. Oh, oh, so scary. That kind of thing. But he goes to talk to the guy about it, and the guy's not responding, and he... (gasps) wheels the guy around and the guy's face is just gone whoa oh that sucks and by that i mean that fucking rules (laughs) but yeah it's a it's a pretty freaky film that's awesome these sound great i'm adding pulse and house on haunted hill 1999 okay that was that was a good that was a that was a good Taylor question. Good job, Stevie. Now it's I just you asking me what movies you should watch. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome because you do that anyway. Like you'll tell me anyway, and I'm like, well, I might as well ask it on podcast. Oh, we haven't done our intro yet. It's Gender Swap. Welcome to Gender Swap, a podcast by two transgender siblings, one of whom. Is feeling pretty depressed about all the house stuff right now. And again, would really appreciate it if you hopped on our, our Patreon and signed up. Because could really use the money. And the other one is nodding their head in agreement. Mm. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Micah. My pronouns are they, them. My name is Stevie. I use he, they pronouns. And I've got three Delta 10 pre-rolls with your name on it. <laughs> I should come by and pick those up. You should. You absolutely can after this if you would like to. I'm, I, 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 I might do that. And they're in really cute cones. A, they're purple. 
I gotta wait for Andrea to come back. So she ended up running out of the house to run some errands. Good idea. Because that she didn't get to run yesterday because we found the leak and stuff. It was the catastrophe leaking into the kitchen, <sighs> just like standing water and shit. Uh, We're worried about water damage and like having to do like that's moisture a whole mitigation other thing. And shit. Yeah. Which means we had to file like a claim with our insurance, but we're not sure how the insurance is going to deal with it. And odds are good insurance. our insurance our insurance rate's going to go up for it. As if it's your fault. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, and here's the thing: the pipes are the original pipes from when the house was built in 1956. So oh they actually, my God. So the pipes actually lasted longer than their written like shelf life or whatever. That's impressive. But it sucks that they chose to do this now. It would have been nice if they had lasted the normal amount of time, so they would have already been replaced by the time you bought it. Oh, ah, yeah. man. 1956? Really? Yeah, that's when the house was built. Wow. I don't know why I didn't get the impression that it was that old. I guess it's just yeah. been updated here and there, obviously. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I wish you so, could see, like, pictures of a, of a house, how a house was, was decorated throughout the years. I think that'd be cute. That would be cute. A friend of mine actually, uh, she and her uh, significant other also bought a house in our neighborhood, and their house, they bought it from the original owners. Wow. And the original owners still had up, like, the original wallpaper. <gasps> I and, like, love that. A lot of the original stuff still in the house. It was really neat. That's cool. But they ended up, spe- but they ended up spending a shit ton of money to get it renovated and stuff mm. because it was a very old house that yeah. needed repairs. and That tracks, yeah. That's how it do. Yeah, I think we should just uh, go ahead and launch into it because this is a normal freebie episode. Uh, I have to talk about the news. Here comes the news. Our first headline. Uh-huh. Before I read it, I'm going to start off with a question for you, Stevie. Okay. Do you know what Burning Man is? Oh my god, yeah. The festival for rich people where they all do drugs and have sex and it's in the desert and you don't bathe for two weeks. Yes, that festival. Yeah. Uh, one death reported after storms leave thousands <gasps> stranded at Burning Man Festival. Oh, no. Authorities in Nevada are investigating a death at the site of the Burning Man Festival where thousands of attendees are stranded due to flooding from storms. Flooding? It's in the desert. And it rained. They got over an inch of rain on a day. That sounds like a lot. It, it's a lot, especially in a desert. Yeah. So it turned the entire area into just this giant fucking mud pit. Oh my god. And they so probably did not even consider that they had to fucking worry about that because it's the desert. Oh my god. Access into and out of the site is closed for the remainder of the event. Only emergency vehicles are being allowed to pass. Uh, the organization in charge of Burning Man told people to conserve food, water, and fuel and shelter in a warm, safe place. In a later statement, the festival added... We have come here knowing this is a place where we bring everything we need to survive. We are all well prepared for a weather event like this. No, you're not. You thought it was the fucking desert. It's like, no, they're, 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 they're not prepared. Like food and water, sure. But like there's still other circumstances making this decidedly more difficult. Uh, namely the fact that the porta-potties are completely overrun. <gasps> so they're telling people to shit in buckets and just take it with them when they leave. <laughs> I'm sure that's going over well. Yeah. Wow. So, on the one hand, it sucks that someone died. Mm-hmm. From what I've been reading, it sounds like they died of hypothermia because it got so cold. Holy shit, it's the desert. 
The desert gets cold at night, Stevie. I forgot deserts get cold at night. Yeah. What sucks? And the person and if the person was soaked through from the rain and then oh, got you're really cold. Fucked. Yeah, you're fucked. Like even if you had preparations for the desert being cold, probably not also for it being wet, not thinking you're gonna have to dry off or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like people are stuck for another three or four days, maybe longer, before they can get out Yeesh. because it's still raining. It keeps raining. Holy fuck. Oh, man. Like it's raining right now. God. Mud pit gets bigger. Mud pit gets bigger. Yeah, that's the news out of Burning Man, a festival I've never had the urge to attend, and now definitely won't. You want to go, don't you? No. God, no. That is not what I was about to say. Okay, you should probably cut this out of the podcast because I don't want to get flack, but it's a little funny that it's rich people. It's bad that someone died and it sounds like an unfun situation, but also every time I've seen anything about Burning Man, I'm like, wow, everyone here fucking sucks. It's a, it's only it's only a little funny that they're in the mud. No, it's actually it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. But don't put that on the podcast because I don't I don't I don't think our audience would be particularly offended, but I just don't want to risk it. I'm gonna leave it in. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> You piece of shit. Nothing I say here is sacred. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> uh, moving on from Burning Man. Okay. Speaking of things that are burning. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. There's a few things that are on fire in the world right now. Well, there's another one. Oh, my Large God. Large wildfire triggers evacuations in East Texas. Holy shit. So we've got Canada. We've got Hawaii. We've got Texas. Why don't we just add the other states while we're at it? A large wildfire burning across 500 acres in Huntsville, Texas, forced some parts of the city to evacuate on Friday as forecasters are predicting extremely hot weather to persist over the Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it's fucking hot, and it's fucking hot in Texas. According to the Texas A&M Forest Service, the fire, named the Game Preserve Fire, has burned an estimated 500 acres and is 0% contained. Oh my god, that's a lot of acres and that is a very small percentage. They have no containment on it. Aircraft are dropping water to assist with firefighting efforts, the Walker County Office of Emergency Management said. Mm -mm. The county's emergency management office has recommended the evacuation for everyone within three miles of the Lost Indian Camp Road. A large area northwest of Huntsville has been evacuated, Stephanie Harris, communications supervisor for Walker County, told CNN. I feel like it should be more than three miles away from that road. Like, I, I feel like people in a wider swath should probably evacuate. Yeah, so on July 21st, Walker County issued a burn ban prohibiting outside burning. On Thursday night, the emergency management office said dry conditions led to critical fire weather conditions. Goddamn. And you know what causes these drier conditions and excess heat and all that fun stuff? Climate change. Climate change. Yeah. Which a lot of rubes on the internet still insist is not real. This year of our Lord 2023, which, hey, it's September. What the fuck is up with that? Why is it so hot? Why is it so hot? My general thing thinking was, why is it September already? Like, I, I, I always feel like this around this time of year where I'm like, shit, I just got used to it being the year that it is. We're about to do 2024. Are you shitting my dick? Uh, 2024 is going to suck so bad with the election and stuff. Oh, fuck me. I forgot about the... Oh, ugh. Yeah, I haven't. Ah! In fact, the Republicans have already done a debate for the 2024 election. What a a bunch of losers. No, they are. What a bunch of clowns. Not a single salient point leveled. 
just schoolyard insults. Oh my god. Uh, but anyway, moving on from uh, fires. Yeah. Uh, I have a lighter headline. Which is? Dog sneaks away from home into oh. SoFi Stadium for Metallica concert. What? What? One lucky pup named Storm is surely enjoying the dog days of summer after she was treated to every metalhead's dream last week, getting a chance to watch the iconic Metallica perform at the SoFi Stadium. Metalhead Buppy. According to a social media post from the band, the dog snuck away from her home close to the stadium and somehow made her way into SoFi Stadium for one of the two scheduled M72 World Tour shows. Let's fucking go! <laughs> Storm was reunited with her family the next day. She had a great time listening to her favorite songs, including Barks Eterna, Master of Puppies, and The Mailman Never Comes. <laughs> That's very cute. That's really, really, really precious. Metalhead Buppy, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Oh, we had a hurricane this week. I guess that's in the news. Didn't really do much here. Yeah, it really didn't do a lot where we are, Miss Adelia. Uh, fucked up I-95 in Cedar Key. And a few, uh, really a lot of towns on the coast seem to be. Yeah, basically wiped Cedar Key off the map. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're definitely still yeah. rebuilding. Because that was a few days ago. It's Sunday. I was like Wednesday-ish. It was Wednesday-ish. Mm. Yeah, we're going to move on from the news. Yeah. Into a more specialized news segment. Oh, okay. Special news? This is Twitter Watch. It's such a good fucking drop. I was listening to an episode yesterday. I think it was one of the most recent episodes yesterday while I was cleaning, which uh -huh. um, I took my Adderall for once and I went on an absolute spree in terms of, of tidying and cleaning and doing shit. I unscrewed the front of my box fan in order to dust it off and like wipe it down and everything. I've literally never done that before in my life. I've never been possessed even to care I about the dust in my never fan. Do, my fan looks so nasty and it's so dusty. Yeah. I, I never fuck with that. Like, that, it was Shiloh's before me, and they, I don't think, ever dusted it off. And they've had it since they were in high school. And I was like, you know, today's the day. And then I did it. And then I swapped out our TVs. So now I have the Roku. Not the Roku. I have the Fire Stick now, which is cool. It's because I wanted to play Nintendo Switch in my room, and Roku's fucking stupid. Actually, that's a lie. Nintendo's fucking stupid. They could have made it so it would work on Roku. Um, and they didn't. So. Yeah, that is stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Twitter watch. Twitter watch. I'm not going to read any specific headline. I'm just going to read a bunch of stuff that's, that's, that's popped up. Okay. Twitter has decided they're going to start collecting people's biometric information <gasps> and employment data. Ooh. Uh, how are they planning on doing that one? Uh, how? Are they, it doesn't say how they plan on doing it, just that they plan on doing it. That's... That's... Oh, they want to find out your job history, Stevie. Don't you want Elon Musk to know all the places that you've worked in the past? I'm sure that won't be used for nefarious purposes and sold off to the highest bidder. Yeah, yeah. Also, I don't know if I mentioned this before in a previous Twitter watch, uh, they're going to get rid of the block function. That was actually what we were talking about in the episode I listened to yesterday. Yeah. And Which, also, are, on sorry, top of that... they still planning to do the block button thing? Because that'll get them taken off the App Store. Yeah, they still... Last I heard... Oh, no. Stupid. All right. <laughs> and on top of that, Elon Musk has been boosting and celebrating a bunch of anti-Semitic accounts who want to do things like ban the ADL. <sighs> oh, my fucking God. 
claiming that it's a Jewish conspiracy. Oh my fucking God. Elon Musk popped out with, um, they're all stuck with the woke mind virus. And that's why he hates them. Mm. There is something grimly ironic about somebody that rich with that much power claiming that Jewish people are really the rich ones with all the power. Like, that they're really in a cabal controlling everything. Like, that is so fucking... It's also obvious why someone with the actual power would try to waylay it onto another group. Oh, yeah. Because Elon Musk doesn't want people looking too closely at Elon Musk. No. It's much better if he's able to kind of shove everything off on other people and be like, they're the real problem, even though he's a literal fucking parasite. It's me. Hi. I'm I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's like his theme song. I'm not going to say something that gets me on a, put on a watch list. I was watching some of my old TikToks yesterday as well, um, and I... Shit, I don't think I sent this to you. I made a TikTok about the podcast, um, and it was about you um, censoring what I say so I don't get put on a watch list. <laughs> so yeah, that's been, uh, that's been this week's Twitter watch. <sighs> this is just a whole... This isn't... I don't, I don't think that's a good app. Twitter? <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm actually trying to delete all my stuff off of there. I was about because to ask also if you still to, have it. Because I don't. Because they're also going to start using all past tweets to train AI. Mm-mm. Fuck no. Yeah. He's literally... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's a fucking parasite, and I hate him. And I hate him so bad. I hate him so bad. Yeah, I'm also not a fan of Elon Musk. Yeah, moving on from Twitter watch. I hope a cartoonishly large anvil falls on his house. That would be great, you know. That'd be really that, funny. <laughs> if there's one thing you can say about uh, Elon Musk, it's that he's not particularly. Um, this is gonna be a segue, isn't it? He's not particularly mischievous. You're you're holding up a book. I am holding up a book. Secret lives of great artists. The secret lives of great artists by Elizabeth Lundy. Story time. It is story time. Woo! So this is uh, mischievous boys. I want to talk about Caravaggio. Is that the is that the guy who um, invented um, chiaroscuro, uh, the painting technique in which light and dark are contrasted for greater effect? Yes. <gasps> I was right. Oh my god! You're right. The art history classes worked. The humanities major worked. Woo! That's really thrilling to me. We also talked about uh, uh, the painter Nicolas Poussin, who I have the, the the tattoo of. So I like that my art history know-how is actually coming in handy. Are you shitting me? I was really right. Caravaggio did chiaroscuro. Yeah, you're right. Bitch! I'm so proud of myself. That is the only time that major will come in handy. <laughs> so he was born on September 29, 1571, and died on July 10, 1610. Mm. His astrological sign, if you're curious, is Libra. Oh, obsessed with balance, makes sense with the light and dark, etc. Hey, did you see Jasper hop up here? And I didn't notice? Yes. When did he pop yes. up here? When did he come uh, up here? Like about a couple minutes ago. I just noticed. <laughs> oh, what a pleasant boy. Oh, he's been very affectionate lately. Jasper's going to help us do podcast. Okay, so he's a Libra. He's a Libra. Mm-hmm. His nationality is Italian, which cool. with the name Michelangelo Mer- Merisi de Caravaggio. Yeah, I would have guessed. Uh, that's about as Italian as you can get as a, in a name. Uh, his standout work is The Calling of St. Matthew, 
Uh, his medium that he used was oil on canvas. His artistic mm-hmm. style was Baroque. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of a quick rundown of his general whatever. <sighs> I love probably Baroque art. I love Baroque art. I know that it is indicative of, of like, excess wealth and royalty. But, man, they sure knew how to gild some gold, didn't they? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Mm. They had an understanding that artists need to be supported in order to do great work. Oh, like patrons of the arts, yeah. So the rich people would pay the artists to have somewhere to live so that they could do their art and make cool shit. Good and bad, because that is also sort of an early foundation of, I feel, the privatization of art. Um, so the artist Let's wasn't help. necessarily free to create what they wanted, were they? Oh, they still did create what they wanted in, in mm. within what their patrons wanted. Well... So mixed bag, but <laughs> they, they would sneak. They would often sneak shit in that would, uh, like sneaking in the guy who was flicking off the Pope. Yes. Fun facts. Who was it? Who did that? I don't remember. Oh shit! Let me double check. Uh, oh, who did the Sistine Chapel? Michelangelo. Yeah, it was Michelangelo. Yeah, uh, right behind the seat of the Pope, there's I think a cherub doing a hand gesture, which at the time was the equivalent of flicking someone off. <laughs> And they didn't notice, I guess. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, the other Michelangelo we want to talk about, Michelangelo Marisi de Caravaggio. Uh Uh-huh. He came from a modest but connected family. His father served as a steward for Francesco I Sforza, the Marchese of Caravaggio, hence his surname, Alla Leonardo. Caravaggio's early childhood was spent in the luxurious Sforza household in Milan, but all that comfort disappeared when the plague swept through Lombardy, killing Caravaggio's uncle, grandfather, and father all in the same day. What? Caravaggio was six years old. (gasps) Damn, that sucks. After a childhood spent back in his hometown in 1584, the 12-year-old was apprenticed to a painter in Milan, and although he ended his apprenticeship early under unknown circumstances... The next four years are blank. And then suddenly Caravaggio turned up in Rome, utterly destitute. He ended the apprenticeship early, and then there's a blank four years, and then he turned up in Rome. Yes. Okay. He worked as a servant, churning out three portraits a day in the studio of a a Roman hack artist. Until (laughs) finally, he found the time and money to complete a few paintings. Some are self-portraits, and others take their theme from life on the streets and in the brothels of Rome. Hmm. The card sharps, for example presents a scene the artist might have seen play out dozens of times. A wealthy and innocent young man being fleeced by two practice cheats. And it's... I I think it said that he was working in the studio of a hack artist. Yes. That's really funny. That's really funny. You gotta get that bag somehow. Somehow. What are you supposed to do? Uh, Caravaggio finally caught a break when the wealthy Cardinal de Monte spotted the card sharps in a local shop and invited the artist to work as a painter in residence in the Del Monte household. Well Wait. fed for the first time in years. Del Monte like the corn? I don't know, I guess. Wait a fucking minute. It's the name Del Monte. It's, it's not the corn people. Oh, my idea was that the Del Montes just eventually came to America and started, I don't know, doing corn. I'm I don't just, know, maybe. I'm just headcanoning shit about the origins of Del Monte. So Caravaggio completed paintings for powerful church officials and religious institutions around Rome. He soon developed his mature style, which features dramatic interpretations of traditional religious themes. Take The Calling of St. Matthew, for example. The work depicts the moment Christ selects the sinner Matthew to be his disciple. Rules. Hell yeah. Caravaggio set the painting in a grimy tavern, with five men sitting around a battered old table. 
Jesus, accompanied by another disciple, stands in the doorway and points to Matthew, who in turn points to himself as if to say, who, me? And it's so good because the line of the hand, like it, it, it literally works as a fucking pointing arrow. And so your eye, especially with the way the light falls specifically on Matthew, like, ah, it's so good. It's so good. Like it literally brings the focal point directly to him. And with the way that the, the other figures at the table are like, there's your eyes just immediately drawn to Matthew and like the connection between him and Christ. And it's just really fucking cool. And it reminds me of the, like video game development principle of like subconsciously guiding people to the next area by lighting it up like you literally have to have like a fucking glaring sign basically so if you're ever lost in a video game and it's open world you don't know where to go look for wherever the fucking light is dude anyway that's a really early example of that i think that's awesome yeah so so far how do you think caravaggio is as far as being mischievous i mean he worked with the hack artists and the con artists and i think that's fun uh, parents died at a young age, so you're pretty scrappy. Seems like he was, he was having to, you know, make his way up in the world, start out pretty destitute, and then, you know, you con your way to the top. I find that intriguing. I think that's pretty mischievous. Well, here's where it gets fun. Ooh. Success did not have a calming effect on Caravaggio. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It only gave him enough time to get into really big trouble. <sighs> What'd he get up to? He would buy expensive clothes and then wear them until they fell apart. He used an old canvas as a tablecloth. He insisted on wearing a fashionably long rapier, even though carrying a sword was forbidden to commoners. God, that's funny. His rap sheet with the Roman police grew long and detailed, full of brawls over prostitutes and squabbles over artistic ability. Now, why are you fighting with people about who's a better artist? Are you fucking 10 years old? Well, this was before the internet, so you have to imagine that back then, people didn't have anywhere to put their shitposting energy. So you just have to go up and pick a fight with somebody in public. Yeah. Otherwise, you just have to cross-stitch something mean on, onto a, a, a sheet. Boring. Or write something on a wall. There's so That's much graffiti fun. in Rome. I love that shit. It's so good. Lots of nasty shit. People have always been like this. <laughs> yeah. His patrons continued to defend him until he crossed the line to murder. What? Well, he was carrying around the sword when he wasn't supposed to be. Caravaggio's victim, Ranachui Tomasoni, Ratatouille? Was no, Ranachui. My bad. Tomasoni, and I might be mispronouncing that, it is Italian, was no choir boy. Oof. And indeed, he seems to have been an out and out thug. Oof. The two quarreled over the outcome of a tennis match, or a bet on a tennis match, <laughs> or somewhere near the site of a tennis match. The details are kind of fuzzy. And the brawl involved a dozen people. What? Renuccio was killed. Friends smuggled the wounded Caravaggio out of town, and they couldn't stop his conviction for murder and the subsequent sentence, the death penalty. No. No. So the artist now had a price on his head. <gasps> the drama. Caravaggio headed for Naples, outside papal territory and near the Marchesa di Caravaggio, who remembered him from his Lombardy days. Strangely, Neapolitan society welcomed the irrepressible artist, treating him more as a visiting celebrity than a fugitive. Yeah. But soon he set off again, this time for the island of Malta, famous for its intrepid knights. Oh. This order of warrior monks combined the courageous defense of the Mediterranean with dedication to chastity, obedience, and religious devotion. Wait. Caravaggio warrior monks? Do what? Warrior monks? Yeah, warrior monks. Anti-sex warrior monks? Yes, by the way, don't do that. You're clipping out. Sorry, that was the joke. Okay. <laughs> 
Caravaggio probably hoped that acceptance into a religious order would help him achieve a pardon back in Rome. Perhaps he also felt some remorse. The emotional depth of his paintings reveals that he was more than a mere bully, and perhaps his conscience was pricked. This fucking guy. Wow. So he joined the monks and he was like, maybe maybe they won't like fucking kill me for murder now? That's great. I guess that's how it was back then. Yeah, he, he took the oath of the Knights of Malta on July 14th, 1608, standing before the altarpiece he had painted during his novi- novitiate. That's so good. That's so dramatic. Located in the church oratory, the beheading of St. John the Baptist is his largest and one of his most dramatic works, depicting the saint thrown to the ground as an executioner stands ready to chop off his head. Blood spurts from John's neck, pools at his side, and drips toward the bottom of the canvas, where we find... As though written in blood, Caravaggio's only known signature on a work. The themes and symbolism of him taking an oath to avoid the death penalty in front of this painting. Wow. Sometimes the scriptwriters are heavy-handed, but I got to appreciate the symbolism. Caravaggio ordered workmen to pose for him holding a recently buried corpse. What? When overcome by the stench, they dropped the body... The artist drew his dagger and forced them to resume their stance. Oh my god. Oh my god. Dude, that's insane. For more than a year, his behavior was faultless, but sometime in September 1608, he quarreled with another prominent knight, whose name is now unknown, seriously wounding him. You've got to stop quarreling with people, my guy. We don't know Caravaggio's motive, although one early biographer claims he was blinded by the madness of thinking himself a nobleman born. Which, fuck you. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a weird claim to make if there's, like, literally no proof of it. I don't know. The artist-turned-monk was thrown into a prison cell known as the Birdcage, <sighs> a pit carved into limestone. Yeah, monks Soon aren't afterwards, to he reportedly escaped and fled to Sicily. Who fucking let the guy out? Who let this fucking guy out? No one could escape from such a cell without help, so clearly someone powerful had arranged to get him out of Malta. The knights formally expelled him from the order in a ceremony in which he was described as a foul and rotten limb. Oh my god. They had some, uh, they had some words for him. So, uh, Caravaggio moved around Sicily, Mm -hmm. and again began acting more like a visiting dignitary than a man on the run. In 1609, he abruptly returned to Naples, where he had the death sentence. Is this wise? And the protection of the Marchesa di Caravaggio. It's assumed he learned that someone, presumably the night he wounded in Malta, was on his tail. Reports from this time describe him as wearing a dagger even while sleeping. Caravaggio might have stayed at the safe at the Marchesa's place, but the town's tavern proved irresistible. And in late <laughs> October, he emerged to sample their wares. At the doorway of the one popular bar, he was surrounded by armed men, <gasps> stabbed in the face, and left for dead. Oh my god! The night he had injured had, it, had his revenge. Caravaggio spent six months, or spent months rather, convalescing in the Marchesa's care, and the wounds left his face almost unrecognizable. Wow. How yet, did he not die? Yet, his creative drive pulsed stronger than ever, and he was soon, as soon as he was able to hold a brush, he began painting again. What? David with the head of Goliath is one of the more haunting works of these days. Emerging from velvety darkness into a shaft of light, a young David holds a gleaming sword in one hand and the head of the giant Goliath, mouth agape and neck dripping blood, in the other. Let me look this up. What's really strange about the painting is that both figures are self-portraits, with David as the young Caravaggio full of innocence and promise, staring mournfully at Goliath, his current old self, 
Face worn from carousing and scarred from fights. This is beautiful. It's very striking and you can tell that- I, I was about to say they both look alike. Like that's really, really intriguing. <gasps> I love the drama of that. God, the fact that somebody can paint like this is crazy to me. Wow, that's stunning. Also, those people had to be pretty bad at stabbing if the guy didn't even die from getting stabbed in the fucking face. It sounds more like a slice to me. Uh, it sounds like he got lucky. That too. The human brain's very weird. Yeah. The future still seemed to hold potential when news from Rome reported that a pardon was in the works. Oh. Barely healed, Caravaggio set out from Naples aboard a small ship, but when a storm forced the vessel to seek shelter in a small town, the captain of the local garrison arrested him, uh. mistaking him for a local bandito. God damn it. It took a hefty bribe to free him, and by then the ship had headed north, carrying all his possessions. God damn it. Frantic to catch up, Caravaggio set out in the brutal heat of Italian summer. What happened next remains unclear. Perhaps he fell victim to malaria or some other illness or was simply weak from an earlier attack. Oof. Whatever the case, Caravaggio collapsed with fever and died on July 18, 1610, at the age of 38. Wow. He never knew that a full pardon had been granted to him in Rome. That's sad. God damn. The drama. Yeah, so much drama. So, uh... Caravaggio had a gift for making enemies, as Sounds, we've established. It does sound like he had a bit of a, a bit of an attitude on him. One was Giovanni Baglioni, a Roman artist remembered today for his fussy, melodramatic frescoes. God, that's funny. Fussy is such a good word. Baglioni landed some commissions that Caravaggio wanted, and Caravaggio reacted to it in a typically immoderate way, ranting about his rival. So Baglioni sued for slander. I didn't know they could do that back then. Yes. Didn't occur to me. The trial opened in August 1603. Baglioni claimed Caravaggio had written scurrilous verses about him and distributed them around Rome. So like dirty limericks and stuff? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Caravaggio denied writing the poems, but didn't refute his dislike for Baglioni's work. <laughs> he described Baglioni's resurrection as clumsy and said, <gasps> I consider it wor the worst he's ever done. Adding fuel to the fire, the he added, I don't know of any artist who thinks that Baglioni is a good painter. He's like, sub. He, this is not even subtweeting. This is just plain tweeting and shit talking. Hold on. The Resurrection by Baglioni. It's not as good as Caravaggio. I mean, that's kind of given. Like, I couldn't do it, obviously, but it's still not as good as Caravaggio's. Yeah. The trial ended inconclusively after the intervention of some of Caravaggio's patrons. The furious Baglioni, who lived some 30 years longer than Caravaggio, hmm. eventually got his revenge in his book The Lives of Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, 1642, in which he repeated every nasty, nasty rumor he had ever heard about Caravaggio. This skank bitch. So that is sort of an abbreviated... Uh, History of Caravaggio and a mischievous boy. What do you think of him? Super mischievous boy. Dirty, dirty dog. Nasty, messy bitch. Love it. Extra mischievous. Super into drama. Can't keep his mouth shut. That's a Twitter gay if I've ever met one. I want to move on from mischievous boys. Okay. And we're going to continue mm. a segment we started in the bonus episode last week. Oh. So, for those of you who are not Patreon subscribers... Uh, you've missed out on the first portion of this segment. Yeah. And you should really go over to patreon.com and sign up for our, our, our Patreon 
and give us money because again i have leaky pipes and they need fixing three dollar low tier gets you double episodes ten dollar plus tier you get acknowledged by us at the end of the episode but that's optional you can just do three dollars if you want you get doubled episodes by the way yeah it's a good deal so i want to take us into the monster zone it's the monster zone monster zone and we're going to talk about french creatures and monsters from mythology and folklore let's get some goddamn french critters in here so we talked about seven of them last week Mm -hmm. i want to try to talk about another seven today thrilling amazing the first monster on this list which has a great image actually i'm going to open this image in a new tab and send it to you good i was about to say i'm getting my googling fingers ready (laughs) this is the erasis whoa (laughs) it looks like a skinny fucking dragon (laughs) it's hind legs going whoa like scaring somebody got a long tail it's got a little crown atop its head it's got a little kitty whiskers i like this guy the Erasus is a legendary creature from French folklore and is the equivalent of the Tatsil Worm, which doesn't say what a Tatsil Worm is. <laughs> That's Maybe great. we'll talk about it later. But anyway, this bizarre chimera possesses the body and limbs of a lizard combined with a cat's head. Ah, it is supposed to be a cat's head. I was wondering. Ranging from one to seven feet in length, its short lizard-like body has two to six feet. It could be one foot long. Ranging from one to seven feet in length, its short lizard-like body has two to six feet. Wow. Which means it could have, like, six feet. Extra feet. Extra feet. But it can just stand on two legs like a man. (laughs) Yes. The creature is said to dwell in the lofty caves and caverns of the French Alps. Said to be venomous, the Erasus is also believed to strike with toxic breath and emit a shrill or hissing noise. Don't do that. Stop it. Don't blow your stinky cloud at me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's the Erasus. What a nasty bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. Mm. Charlemagne's giants. 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 I feel like giants are pretty... I feel like it's easy to prove that giants don't exist, but maybe I'm wrong. People still believe in Bigfoot. People still believe giants exist. I see them all the time on TikTok with, like... Badly photoshop. I'm not shitting you. <gasps> with badly photoshopped pictures of like people excavating giant skulls and giant bones and being all like, "Oh, blah blah blah, look what they just found." But the scientists won't tell you about this. No, there are still people who still unironically believed that giants exist because they are mentioned in the Bible. Oof. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Didn't the Bible also mention like dragons or something of the kind? Yes. Leviathan, etc. Yes. Although I feel like the Leviathan was probably just some prehistoric creature. I think it was just a whale. Oh, good point. To a person who's never seen anything that big before, yeah, they're going to name it the biggest thing in the fucking world. They don't have context for anything else. It could have just been a regular shark or whale. Good point. So anyway, Charlemagne's Giants. Yeah. Charlemagne, do you know who that was? French military guy, king? King. Charlemagne was a medieval European king who reunited large parts of modern-day Germany, northern Italy, and almost all modern-day France into a single political enemy, I'm sorry, <laughs> into a single political entity Interesting. named the Holy Roman Empire. That's what the Holy Roman Empire was? Yes. It was just most of France, Germany, and what was the other one? 
northern Italy. And northern Italy? And he was like, yeah, that's Rome. Rome's dead, baby girl. What are you talking about, anyway? I mean, they did all kinds of shit to try to bring Rome back in the Middle Ages. Really? Uh, do you know why else you should know about Charlemagne? What else? You should know about Charlemagne because Christopher Lee did a metal album devoted to him, remember? That rules, and I forgot about that. God, that's such a fun fact. <laughs> such was Charlemagne's greatness mm-hmm. that numerous tales, myths, and legends are said about him, including the giants that either served or opposed him, such as Balin, described by French myths and tales as a giant or colossus, was celebrated for his bravery and power. As the father of the giant Ferbras, Balin and his offspring ultimately met their end at the hands of Charlemagne. Do you think these were stories made to make Charlemagne sound cooler, or do you think they just killed some tall guys who were good fighters? You know what I think? What? I think it's just bullshit stories people made up to make Charlemagne look better. Yeah. Honestly, I can see that. I don't know that Charlemagne would have would have said that has or made that up himself. But people love their like mythical political figures, especially oh, people, in medieval people times. People love making shit up about political figures. Yeah, and talking about it like it's true, especially ones they like. Oh, yeah. especially ones they hate. Yeah, honestly, it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, have you heard of Adrenochrome? Yes. Oh my God, we're just making shit up now. For anybody who doesn't know, adrenochrome is supposed to be basically fucking fountain of youth chemical found in children's blood or whatever. And so the evil... Huh? Brains. Brains. Sorry, my bad. And so the evil Hollywood cabal, yes, it's also an anti-Semitic conspiracy, kidnaps children and harvests it so they can stay young forever. And that's why nobody rich ever dies, I guess. Fucking okay. Anyway, it's bullshit. It is bullshit. I don't think I have to explain that to our fucking audience. But no, I think our, our I think our audience understands that yes, it is definitely bullshit. Yeah. Uh Anothris is the other giant. Okay. He was known as Charlemagne's personal bodyguard and was famed for his immense stature and might. His extraordinary capabilities allowed him to effortlessly annihilate entire military forces as if he were merely cutting grass. That's very cool. I like so That might have been a guy. I I I like that they're not putting the giants into a box. I like that the giants are able to kind of decide their own political affiliation. I think that's really progressive. I don't know if that's really progressive, Stevie. I mean, everybody's been able to choose their political affiliation. It's just a matter of whether or not whoever rules allows you to continue living for choosing it. In the case of Balin, uh, they didn't side with Charlemagne. Charlemagne they did get them. killed. They did get killed for that, yeah. In the case of Anethris, uh ended up being Charlemagne's bodyguard who goes... If the stories are to believe, Charlemagne goes around killing other giants. Yeah, if I was a giant and I heard that this guy kills all the giants who don't side with him politically, I would probably start saying I liked the guy as well. Yeah, just to kind of save your own ass. Smart move. Bummer. It is a smart move. Do you know what else was capable of smart moves? What else? The Bayard. That's a giant? Nope, this is a new creature. Oh, it's a there critter. There are only two gi- there are only two giants to talk about. Just the two? Okay. Just the two. That's all they mentioned. Charlemagne's giants. Only one of them was Charlemagne's. Uh, the Bayard is a legendary horse from medieval <laughs> French and Italian mythology and famously appears in tales about Charlemagne's adventures. There's something very intriguing to me about the mythologizing of what at the time was kind of a military weapon in that way. Like, horses were like very, very, very frequent in 
the use of battle, like period, that, especially like medieval times, et cetera, et cetera. And in a time where it seemed like expansion and glorification of battle was very central to Charlemagne's rule and pursuit of the Holy Roman Empire, etc. I find it interesting that not only they're mythologizing the figure of Charlemagne himself, but also the horses that were involved. That's really interesting. This extraordinary horse mm-hmm. was apparently immortal. What? What? Unpar- unparalleled in speed, and could adopt its and could adapt its size to accommodate its rider. Giant horse. Giant fucking magic horse. Or it could be a tiny horse. Itty bitty little horse short. for babies. Itty bitty little toddler horse. Could be an it could be an immortal, unparalleled in speed Shetland Shetland pony sized horse. <laughs> He's so fucking fast and everyone's ankles are just getting demolished, turned to dust. You can see when he's coming because the army starts getting shorter and shorter because he's just taking out shins as he goes. That's horrifying. I love this fucking horse. Bayard at first belonged to Emperor Charlemagne, but was later gifted to Aemon's four sons. When a single son rose Bayard, its size was similar to other horses, but as the additional sons mounted, it stretched to fit all of them. This is, that's also how, um, if I remember correctly, I think that's also how Kelpies worked. Yeah. To, they would they would they would be like hey children let's go to the the pond I, actually they wouldn't say that yet they'll go it's me a pony and the kids would be like oh my god let's get on the pony and its back would just get longer and longer and longer they don't notice it's the size of a fucking school bus and then they go in the pond and they drown but in this case it's like a nice it's like a nice one yeah there's actually a picture here uh-huh of the uh four knights riding bayard oh hell yeah let me paste that in the chat. There you go. They they promised that he could house all the riders. They did not promise that he, he could look cool doing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in variations of the legend, particularly in the Normandy region of France, Bayard is portrayed as a mystical water creature that can appear as either a human or a horse. This is absolutely related to the Kelpie. Like, come oh, on. Yeah. That's very cool. Inhabiting riverbanks, marshlands, and pools, yeah. the Bayard lures reckless humans to ride it when assuming its horse form. However, once mounted, the creature throws the riders into the water or bushes. This is Straight just a Kelpie. kelpie. This is just a fucked up Kelpie. Why'd you give it a different name? Just because this Kelpie happened to hang out with Charlemagne like twice. Now you're like, well, this is a different thing. No, it is not. It's, it is still a Kelpie and its family members still murder children. Uh, let's talk about the Giver. MacGyver. Not MacGyver, the Giver. Is that also G U Y V E R? G U I V R E. V R E. Oh, I forgot. Fucking Middle Ages. All right. No, it's fucking French. <laughs> fucking French. The Giver is a name given to a mythical hybrid creature found in the legends and folklore of medieval France. As described in bestiaries, it possesses the body of a serpent combined with a horned dragon's head. Sidebar, um, yeah. I googled it, and turns out Giver, the bio-boosted armor, was a TV show from 2005 to 2006, and it only lasted one season, but it's based on the long-running manga season, bio-booster armor Giver. Um, and I had a moment of like, oh, this is kind of sexy. This is definitely not the right one. This is, no, this is not. not the right one. Bio-boosted armor, that's so stupid. Okay, okay, Giver. The Giver was actually a really cool movie from the 90s, too. Really? Oh, yeah. This it was is awesome. Oh, that's a critter. That's a critter, all right. If I remember correctly, the 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 Giver movie from the '90s had um, oh, what's his name? Mark Hamill. Love. 
As described in bestiaries, it possesses the body of a serpent combined with a horned dragon's head. Importantly, however, the Giver had no wings, so it can't fly like a dragon and all that. Okay, the different types of dragons, like a wyvern or whatever, really confuse me because it's like, oh, sometimes they have wings and sometimes they have legs and sometimes they don't. And this sounds like a dragon just without the wings or the legs. Well, it's body of a serpent, so it doesn't sound like it has any legs. But they're also, I, I, I don't know, they're also like legless, flightless creatures that are referred to as dragons as well. Like, there seem to be multiple categories of dragons. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm thinking of the right thing. There's a picture of it in the chat. This fearsome creature was believed to dwell in pools, woods, forests, and isolated damp locations. Known to be particularly aggressive, it would seize any opportunity to attack humans. That's just a spiky snake. Unlike winged dragons, the Giver would only target those wearing clothing. As a result... Um. As a result... Hear me out, Stevie. The key to avoiding its attack is to get naked, which prompts the beast to flee. What a fucking pervert. Or, it's not a pervert, it's a prude. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, that, that does change the story. It's not that it's showing mercy. It's like, ah, ah, weenus, titty, no. Okay, wow, that's, that is, that's fascinating. The Giver is now most commonly encountered in French heraldic imagery. Either a prude or spread the story about itself saying it's a prude so it could see more titties and wiener. It's like, oh, no, don't, oh, no, don't take off your shirt. Oh, no. Oh, no. This isn't a visual medium. He's looking over his shoulder coyly while he's saying, oh, no, and running away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the Giver. Fascinating. Next, we have the Lou Carcol. Sidebar. Sorry. Sorry. All these critter creatures have to come from somewhere. Somebody thought they saw this. Somebody thought something happened. Who was so, who's Bacchanalian Revels? <laughs> Produced the Giver, who <laughs> got so fucked up drunk. I don't care about whose Bacchanalian revels came up with the Giver. Uh huh. I want to meet the person that came up with the Luke Hole. Show me. Ew. It, okay, okay. For the listener, it looks like a slug, but it has kind of a tentacle beard that looks a little nasty, and it's like not in a sexy way. And the mouth looks like um. Birdo from Nintendo's, but it has a lot of teeth in it, so kind of like the inside of a Demogorgon mouth, and it's like got, a lamprey mouth. Yeah, that's a good, that's a better comparison than Birdo with teeth, actually. Um, and its eyeballs look kind of like nasty little cone horn antennas, and then its back, its shell. I guess this isn't a slug; it's more of a fucked up snail. The shell looks kind of like an upside down seashell, but it's got it's really spiky and it looks really gross and unpleasant. The Lou Carcole is a colossal mollusk-like beast found in French mythology. I don't like that. Commonly described, commonly described as an immense, slimy, snail-like snake with large, hairy tentacles Ew. and a huge shell. It was believed to reside in a massive cave <sighs> beneath be that town of Hastings in the Les Lines region of southwestern France. The thick slime left behind Ew. could be observed well before the creature appeared. Ew. But humans avoided getting close as anyone who approaches carelessly would be swiftly seized by a tentacle, pulled into the cave, and swallowed by its enormous mouth. Well, that's fucked. Who got close enough to know how to draw it then? Riddle me this. Maybe somebody, like, had somebody else go toward the cave and they stood back. <laughs> Just some asshole they didn't like and were like, hey, check out this really cool cave I found. Sit there with a sketch pad real quick so you can... I was about to say, they, they, they send the guy in, and the guy's like halfway into its mouth, and it's like, and it's, and it, 
and its mouth looks like Birdo. Ah! And it gets sucked on in. Uh, this will be the last one. Okay. La Grande Lustacru. So I guess it's big. La Grande Lustacru, which translates to the great Would You Believe It. What? That's what it the, translates to. The great Ripley's Can You Believe It or Not. <laughs> the great Would You Believe It is the name of a massive ogre from French nursery lore. Fuck yeah. This frightening creature, depicted as a colossal, gruesome cannibal with a pig's head, was a 19th century nursery boogeyman used to scare young children into going to sleep. It's not a cannibal if it's not a human. If if it's a cannibal and it's this creature, then it has to eat other big Ripley's Believe It or Nots. It just eats, it's just a monster who eats humans if it has a pig head and an ogre body. Let's get, let's set the record straight for a while. The nursery rhyme about this character could still be found in some French children's lullaby collections. Fucked. Fucked up. Uh, do you hear in the plane a noise coming toward us? One might say the sound of chains trailing over pebbles. It's the great Lustacrew who comes. He'll come again, then go away, carrying in his knapsack all the little children who aren't asleep. We're Marley and Marley. <laughs> that sucks. Go to, go to bed or you get fucked up and murdered. Go Sweet to sleep dreams. or you're going to get dragged off by an ogre. Yeah, that's going to help the kids go to sleep. Yeah, I'm sure that helped a lot with the nightmares. Right? That's fucked up. So, uh, yeah, that's our uh, collection of French monsters from Myth. I'm thrilled and for delighted. For this episode. Uh, we're still going to need some few more minutes, so Stevie, do you have a game for me? Stevie, Stevie, Stevie's Playground. Stevie's Playhouse. Woo, 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 woo. Yes, Actually, I fucking I need do. to, I need to, uh, I need to point out, it's not Stevie's Playhouse. I got it wrong. It's, the drop specifically says Stevie's Playground. Playground so is good, it, too. We've been calling it the wrong thing, so it's Stevie's <sighs> Playground. I wish it'd been Playhouse. Playground is still really cute too. Yeah. I'm 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 really I'm really excited. Okay, Micah, we're gonna play Fuck Mary Kill. But Again? But no, last time it was Crime Kiss Kill and it was with Sonic characters, but you didn't know anything about Sonic characters. So today we're gonna play Fuck Mary Kill, but with fast food restaurants. Okay. Okay, you get the premise. You know how this works. Okay. McDonald's, Subway, Hardee's. McDonald's, Subway, and Hardee's, you said. So, so obviously, mm-hmm. right off the bat, mm-hmm. I'm going to marry Hardee's. Have you really? been to Hardee's? Have you been to Hardee's recently? Is that that burger place? I haven't been recently, no. I don't know if I've been ever. Have you been actually. at all? I don't know that I have. It's good. It's legitimately good fast food. It's like related to Carl's Jr.'s, right? Carl Jr.'s, whatever. Maybe, possibly, I, th- I don't I th- know. I think they're boyfriends. They might be. So Hardee's, I would marry. Tastes like real burger. That's nice. Yeah, I would kill, or no, I would, uh, I would, I would fuck McDonald's. Good choice. Kind of a one night stand sort of thing, because every oh, yeah. now and then you you do get that urge for just a really shitty cheap burger. Although yeah. they are not as cheap anymore, they have gone up in price. Which so it's like your burgers up. are still cheap or are still cheap shit. Yeah, but you're charging me like it's not. Yeah, that's pissing me off. It's it's not really it's not really becoming the um the the poor man's fallback really like it used to be, and I don't appreciate that as a as a poor man in need of a fallback. <laughs> yeah. And you're killing Subway, huh? And I'm going to kill 
Subway. I want you to ask me, Micah, why would you kill Subway? Go ahead and ask me. Micah, why would you kill Subway? Because of my ex-wife. Really? She was vegan. Yeah. Which Not a lot of fast food places. Anywhere we could go for any kind of fast food. <sighs> so the only fast food place we could go to that had vegan stuff for her was Subway. And we yeah. went all the fucking time. That'll do I it. I literally have not eaten at a Subway in almost, in over 15 years now. I was about to say, it had to be, yeah. Haven't eaten at one since. I have no urge to go eat at one. I don't care. Public subs taste better anyway. Pub subs are good. Pub subs are good. I will give you that. The only upside is that Subway does the dressing for you, whereas pub- Publix will give you the driest sub known to man, and you just kind of have to dress it up from there. But I think you just don't quality. know how to order a pub sub. Potentially, this is my fault. What can you do? I think it is, because I, I, I get it nice and wet. <laughs> Gross. Sucks. Uh, I want a nice, your... wet, drippy sub. <laughs> wow, I want the basement so to be bad. flooded. That is That sucks so bad. Wet bread? You're good with wet bread? I'm good, I'm good with a bread that's turned on by me, yes. That's a little nasty, but I digress. Based on your explanation of Hardee's, I actually agree with your choices 100%. Indeed. McDonald's really is just like a nasty one I stand, and you regret it, but you really can't resist it in the moment. Yeah, Round- and it's, it's just, also, it's just not as good as it used to be, too. They like added- the quality, the quality in food has dropped, and the price has gone up. Do you think the like- quality's dropped? Oh, Hell yes, I think the quality's dropped. I used to have a ri- I used to have a ritual okay. where every time I went to cash uh, put my paycheck in the bank back when I was in college, there was McDonald's right around the corner from the credit union. Okay. I would hit that McDonald's and I would get five cheeseburgers. Five and the cheeseburgers, five. And the cheeseburgers were 69 cents a piece. Nice, first of all. First off, 69 nice. cent cheeseburger? Yeah. And it was nice. And it was, it was not overly dry. It was put together decently, and it tasted fine. Now let's fast forward about 20 years from that. And now... A burger... How much, how much does a cheeseburger cost at McDonald's now? Let me see. It's McDonald's like $7. A meal is like $10 or something crazy now. It is $2.79 for a cheeseburger. Oh, just for the burger. I was thinking of the meal. Just for the burger. So I used to be able to get it for like $0.69. Cents. Now it's two seventy nine. It's the not like they're better. Ingredients, not more filling. It's n- not as good. Mm-mm. They yeah, added so Mc- a um, McCrispy, <laughs> okay. which I guess because the McChicken has like the weird kind of fake flat mashed up chicken patty, the McCrispy is a not mashed up chicken breast. And it's pretty good. It's passable. I guess it just had to get it on the chicken, the chicken sandwich wars. I guess. I guess. I won't order the other McChicken though. I don't, I don't, I, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't care for chicken sandwiches. Fascinating. Really? Yeah, I just not really into them. Well, that'll make this next round interesting, because your, your choices are Five Guys, Jason's Deli, and Chick-fil-A. So right off the bat, Jason's Deli, mm-hmm. I'm a Merriam. I love Jason's Deli. Jason's Deli has Jason's Deli. a great Reuben, last I checked. I don't care for Rubens, but I got a grilled cheese tomato soup from there. And you could tell a lot about a restaurant by how they do their grilled cheese tomato soup. And Jason's Deli puts their whole pussy into it. Can't argue with that. Yeah. They put it in their slogan. You walk into Jason's Deli, they're like, hello, welcome to Jason's Deli. We put our pussy into it. We put our pussy into that. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Jason's Deli absolutely deserves a proposal. 100% happily ever after. Yeah. I would fuck five guys. As you should. Because five guys, again, it's a decent, it's a decent burger and all that. But the price. Yeah, the price is just Five not. guys is not. For both me and Andrea to eat at five guys. And this was a few years ago because it's actually been a few years since I've been to five guys. Yeah. Same. But the actually. last time we ate there, it was $30 for the that's two of us. That's a lot for what's supposed to be fast food. For what's supposed I think to be that fast food? Yeah, that's a lot of money. I think if it's going to be fast food, I think it also has to be cheap. Otherwise, you're kind of veering into fast casual. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't care very much for that. Also, the point of fast food is it's supposed to be cheap and, you know, fast. Yeah, cheap, easy, fast. And Five Guys, you got to wait a while for them to make your food. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Their fries, so, I really like the fries. The fries are okay. I think this, is, I think this would be a hookup with a guy who is so messy and a little bit toxic, and he doesn't text you back as often as you'd like, but he keeps you on the hook just long enough for you to go back every now and then. And that, then, kill, that, then kill the shit out of Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, I would burn to the ground and salt the earth upon which it stood so no one may grow there again. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that bitch. Fuck Chick-fil-A. Yeah, Chick-fil-A, not kill them. Yeah. yeah. Round three. Checkers slash rallies, because they're the same. Pita Pit and Dairy Queen. I'm going to marry Checkers. Okay. I like Checkers. Checkers They've got is- a solid, greasy burger. Their fries are pretty good. Checkers is very similar in my brain to Five Guys. I don't know okay. if I'm just mixing them up. It's cheaper. Well, that's nice. That, that alone, that's nice. Yeah, it, it is cheaper than Five Guys, that's for sure. I would, um... What were, what, were, what were my other choices? Oh, they're in our Discord chat. I've been typing them out because otherwise we'll both forget. So it's Checkers slash Rallies, Pita Pit, and Dairy Queen. Have you been to Pita Pit? I don't think I've been to Pita Pit, but I would... You know what? I would I would fuck Pita Pit. Yeah. I'd give it's Pita good. Pit a shot. It's good, yeah. Just out of curiosity. Pita- and Dairy Queen, I would flat out kill. Any particular reason or just worse than the others? Their food is not good. I stand by that. I've never had good food from Dairy Queen. The last time I had Dairy Queen, it was on a road trip, and I was so desperately hungry that Dairy Queen was like water in the fucking desert. But it was also so greasy that I did shit my brains out before I left. So it was really good for a little bit and then really bad, which I think is a pretty good hookup setup. But if I could choose to hook up with Checkers instead, I probably would. A little bit more consistent outcome there. Yeah, Checkers, generally speaking, has been fairly consistent in my experience. Yeah, I appreciate that about her. But Dairy Queen is solidly mid. You've been making, I think, really spot on Not choices across mid, the board. Not even mid. I'd put it, like, below mid. Yeah, I wouldn't put it bottom of the barrel, but I'd put it just above mid. Like a D. Like a solid like, D. Like, their fries are bullshit. I actually do not even remember what their fries were like. They were so insignificant to me. Yeah, their fries are not good. Firehouse Subs, Jimmy John's, and Culver's. I would marry firehouse subs really they do a good sub yeah they do a pretty good sub you can get it toasted most don't most don't most sub places let you toast it subway doesn't yes they do let you toast the bread beforehand they toast the bread but they don't toast the sub ah i see i would have a fling with culver's really okay i've I've eaten there before it's 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 all right it was okay Mm -hmm. i got the um it's going to sound kind of gross now that I say it out loud, but I got the, uh, uh, what's to call it? The, um, cheese curds. 
No, I didn't get the cheese curds. I got the uh, concrete. You're Stevie. You are not helping me. <laughs> In fact, Stevie, you are hindering me from remembering what it is I'm trying to to call this thing. It's it's meatloaf. I had the meatloaf sandwich. They have meatloaf. They do, and it you was were right. Good. It does sound gross, but it was good. Meatloaf. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, question. Was what? it a circular slice of meatloaf or was it a rectangular slice of meatloaf on a bun? It was a couple of rectangular slices of meatloaf on a bun. What compelled you to order that? I like meatloaf. Huh. You have more faith I, in And I don't, I don't get meatloaf all that often. I think Andrea's only made it once in our entire relationship because yeah. Andrea doesn't like meatloaf as much. Yeah, I haven't had meatloaf in years. So, yeah, I, w- I, would, I would have a fling with uh, Culver's. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy John's... I would destroy. I would wipe off the face of the earth. They had the shittiest, cheapest subs, the driest motherfuckers I have ever dealt with. Yes. With the cheapest, shittiest of food inside them. Too much bread also, and it's dry bread. Pick a struggle. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jimmy Josh, freaky fat. Be silent. Be quiet and ponder. You can improve, but you won't. I disagree on this one actually you disagree on this one i would marry culver's i would love i i need culver's to be in my heart and in my home all day long it's a greasy burger but god damn it if it's not a real burger you get the bang for your buck it's a big ass burger the fries are pretty good usually the burger's a better part but you know not every relationship has everything but also it's not that the, just the burger is the only good thing on the menu because they also have really really good ice cream the little concrete things, really good. The cheese curds, delicious. I love it. I want I want Culver's in my heart and in my home. Firehouse subs, eh, hook up. Fine. Generally satisfactory for the needs at the time. Uh, I do 100% agree about murdering the shit out of Jimmy, though. Yeah, Jimmy John's is just complete and utter bullshit. And Intolerable. Only reason it got popular is because it was cheap. Mm. And they advertised a shit ton to students. Which is smart. My high school, people really, really liked it because they did deliver so fast. And in high school, you have about half an hour for lunch, if that. So it worked out pretty good. If you could place that online order right as the bell rang for fourth period, it'll be there 10 minutes before the bell before the bell rings. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. When you were in high school, were you allowed to leave campus during lunch? No, but I did. We I was were. forbidden. Oh, 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 to be clear, the school allowed it. Me and Madre did not. <laughs> oh, gotcha. They had to sign I a just never, I just, I just never mentioned it to mom. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm not stupid. <laughs> never. I just went off campus. <laughs> yeah. No, well, one of my friends had a car. Claire had a car and drove a Subaru. And all of us would pile into her Subaru with the windows that didn't work. Um, and we would just go out the other exit because that was where they weren't checking to see if you were allowed to go off campus. For whatever reason, they literally just didn't check the other exit they were only waiting by the front gate of the school to stop people uh, yeah so we were able to go off campus literally no problem and so sometimes we would go to choppy smoothie and the only times i ever skipped class only times it was first period and it was under these exact conditions i was already running late and i ran into one of my friends in the parking lot and both times he was like oh hey you want to go grab breakfast and i'm like of course duh duh um and then i uh, fibbed 
to my mom about it because that was also when school would still, I think they still do this. They would call saying this person, your student has an, your child has an attendance thing. They're absent. And I was like, Oh yeah, Miss Garrett was out of town for her daughter's um, wedding. And the sub uh, forgot to take attendance. And she was like, cool, whatever. And she hasn't listened to this podcast. So I will never get in trouble for it. Also, I'm 23. I just say also you're a grown ass <laughs> man now. So I, mean, I am a the grown statute- man. <laughs> The statute of limitations, I believe, has passed on this. Has surely passed on this. <laughs> Next round, Burger King, Popeyes, Steak and Shake. This is a tough one. Is it? This is a tough one. I'm going to go for, I'm going to marry Steak and Shake. Really? I enjoy Steak and Shake. They've got decent fries. They do a decent burger. Burger King, I have never eaten at Burger King without getting a sloppy, wet burger. Uh, but you like wait you like a wet sub i like a wet sub but not i a do wet burger. not want a wet burger why subs usually have more bread so it can handle being a slightly drippy mm, yeah it's got more to catch like a sponge exactly whereas a burger you've got the two little buns they're not going to do as good a job no no they're not but on the flip side popeyes mm-hmm Made me violently ill once where I was projectile vomiting after I had their crawfish etouffee. Sorry, you got crawfish at a fast food restaurant and then were surprised that you got very, very ill. I was in high school. I didn't know any better. I was dumb. That'll do it. For sure. Crawfish? Do they even still sell that? No, they do not. (laughs) You were one casualty out of one million. Wow. Yeah. So I would marry Steak and Shake. I think, to be honest, even despite it making me violently ill, I would have a one-night stand with Popeyes because they do have good biscuits. They do have good biscuits. They have good biscuits and they have good chicken. That is true. Burger King, kill it. I would drive it off into (laughs) a windmill as though it were Frankenstein, and I would set that bitch aflame. Burger King is like, to me, similar vein of Dairy Queen but better in that like whenever I have it it is because I am desperate I'm hungry and that's the only place open um for a brief amount of time I was doing a show a musical in a nearby town uh and there was just long stretches of road literally on either side of our town like you can fucking go forever and you're you're in the country um so there was like nothing but I was starving after the show one night and then in the distance I see the bright the bright light in the darkness, because it was midnight, I see the bright light of my haven, the Burger King, and I was really sad. So I pulled in the Burger King, and I had sustenance, because it was after show, and I was fucking tired, and I was really happy. That is the same road where I got pulled over, because I was speeding, and I rolled down the window, and the cops saw that I was sobbing, because my roommates hadn't come to see the play. <laughs> so I was just crying my fucking eyes out. And I got really lucky because he let me off without a ticket. And then before this is all cops are bastards. Let's be clear. The only friendly cop I've ever met in my entire life before he sent me off. He said, you can't, you can't, you can't depend on, on placing your happiness on other people. You've got to find it within yourself. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. And, then, and I drove home ticket free. That's crazy. That was just that wild. Yeah. Being a white woman at the time probably helped, but oh, I got a free the one time. Yeah. Definitely helped you. Um, uh, but this was a different night than the Burger King night. Um, but the Burger King night, I felt very safe in the arms of Miss Burger King. 
Um, I've actually never had Popeyes, but I feel like we could have a long-lasting relationship. Okay. So I would say marry Popeyes just to see what happens. We'll get divorced if it doesn't work out. Hook up with Burger King. Kill Steak and Shake because that I have. I don't think I've ever had Steak and Shake where I didn't have tummy problems after. I don't think I've ever had a, 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 a nice post Steak and Shake experience. But that's you know where what sucks about Steak and Shake. What? It used to be a diner. It still feels like it, but it's not. It's not a diner. It's fast food now, but it used to be an actual legit diner where you could go and get shit like a salad. Oh. Or you could get nicer. Or you could you could get like like a roast beef meal or like wow. you could go and get like actual real food and stuff. Like do you know where I went after my prom? Steak and shake? After prom was over, we were hungry, we went to steak and shake. Uh that was always our post musical place to eat. Um because it was the only place I was open that late after musicals, usually. Who are those little fellas that you just sent in the Discord chat? I just sent you the Burger King Kids Club picture from the 90s. These were characters they created as a kids club thing to advertise for Burger King. And it's basically a grab bag of let's cover all of the demographics. 100%. You've got yeah. the kid in the wheelchair... They've got a brainy kid, they've got different races, and there's also a dog. And there's also a dog. You've got the kid in the back with a red cap, he always rode like a skateboard and shit. Oh, there's a cool kid, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were really trying to cover all their bases. I guess they saw what McDonald's had going on in terms of marketability, um, and they just wanted to get in on that action. They don't still have this, though, last I checked. No, they don't. Alas, Burger King Kids Club, huh? Burger King Kids Club. You think they would have leaned more into, like, the royalty aesthetic? That could have been fun. The King's Royal Court. Bitch. Easy. That could have been fun. A little high fantasy land. Yeah, but think about it. Most Americans don't like royalty as far as, like, the idea of royalty. Like, they love the royal family and British and all that because it's drama but, and shit. But, but they don't do. like the idea of kings. Kids do, though. They love princesses and princes and kings and queens because they don't understand it. They just think it I sounds good. I didn't when I was a kid. Well, yeah, that's because you were a surprisingly salient child. I, I was all about killing the monarchs. Okay, well, I had a book called How to Be a Princess, and that was my Bible for a good six months. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it was a pop-up book, and it was really cute. And on the Princess Diaries 2 DVD, there was a bonus feature where you could take a quiz to find out what type of princess you were. And I always got the one with the pink crown, which I was really pleased about. So, well, all right. It was like a DVD BuzzFeed quiz. Next round, we're almost done. Wendy's. I miss Panda when Express. I miss when DVDs used to have stuff like that. Yeah, that was fun. That's why I don't Saturday mornings. I didn't have video games. I would play the bonus features on Alice in Wonderland and Shrek Wild Combo, but it was usually just one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss when DVDs had menus and stuff and all that. And- I haven't. I don't think I've bought Fun a new lectures. DVD in ages. I don't know what they have anymore. Very minimal setup because everyone's streaming know. now, so they don't put as much money into the DVDs. You can find all the bonus features, like the behind-the-scenes stuff, on YouTube anyway. But I would like the little games again. I would too. Okay, Aren't so the next three you you put in the chat. Uh huh. Wendy's, Panda Express, and Arby's. This feels difficult to me. This feels difficult to me, but not <laughs> in the way you would expect. Elaborate on that for me. Wendy's, yeah, makes a solid burger. That burger's Wendy's made of meat. Has delicious fries. I can if agree I'm, with that for the most part. If I'm in a hurry and I want to get fast food, 
and I want it to be like consistently good, I'll go to Wendy's. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would marry Wendy's. Here's the thing though. Uh-huh. I fucking love Arby's. I like the roast beef sandwiches. What's wrong with you? What do you mean what's wrong with me? Arby's roast beef sandwiches are good because they remind me of Rack's roast beef sandwiches. With what the fuck which is Rack's? Rack's was a fast food place that used to exist here in town. Is it a chain no, or is it local? It, it local? was a chain. It was a chain. It no longer exists anywhere except in like Ohio. Huh. Ohio is like the last bastion of Rack's. <laughs> they had great roast beef sandwiches and they had um little toys that you could get with the meals. All fast food places have that. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, this is back when the toys were good? This is back when the toys were good. They had things like um, these little sippy cups you could get. These plastic sippy cups with a little little stopper straw on the thing in shape of, like, a football or in the shape of, like, an alligator because their their mascot was the Rax alligator. That's fun. So, like, dollar store straws. Not even straws. Just, like, little sippy cup nipple thing you put on top of it and you just tilt it back to drink out of it. And this I'm is trying what to find had. images of vintage racks. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good example of it. Those are fun. Wait, this looks familiar. Yes, we had them at the house. Oh my god, that's what they were, where these are from. Yes. What? Yes. I literally, it never even occurred to me to question where they got it from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they are just kind of like little bottles that you can fill up, and they got the little nipple top. So I would, uh, I'd have a, I'd have a fling with Arby's. Hey, um, but the, the, these are things you love about Racks, not Arby's. I no, feel that I like are... Arby's roast beef sandwiches because they are kind of close to what Racks had. And I have nostalgia tied up into that. I feel like you're giving Arby's stolen valor. I don't think I am. I also like <laughs> Arby's curly fries. Okay, curly fries are good. I haven't had Arby's though. You haven't had the curly fries from Arby's? They're really good. Not that I remember. I only remember having a, a turkey sandwich from Arby's and, you guessed it, immediately shit my brains out in the Arby's bathroom. Normally, it doesn't hit that fast. I don't think it was the turkey sandwich in that case, Stevie. It takes at least half an hour to an hour for food to completely pass through your stomach into your intestine, and then it takes like another like 40 to 45 minutes to get through your intestines and stuff. So if it's hitting you that fast, I don't think it was the turkey sandwich. Also, to be clear, it wasn't why the instant, fuck instant. Why the fuck were you going to a roast beef restaurant and ordering a turkey sandwich? Um, because I don't love roast beef, but I think it's only because I haven't had good roast beef because the only roast beef I've had is our mom's. Um, so <laughs> I don't care all that much for roast beef in general. You should, <laughs> um, you should go to Arby's and get a roast beef sandwich and try it out. To be clear, it's not like I took the last bite of the sandwich and then I fucking shit my brains out. Like, we were there for, like, an hour. I finished my food, and before we left, I shit my brains out. So, honestly, it might have been about half an hour. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just attributing a bad experience to Arby's that they didn't deserve it. But I still have a bad connotation around it because the sandwich didn't taste very good. And the only reason I was there is because it was some fucking church road trip, and they stopped at fucking Arby's. It's always a church thing. That's screwed up. Anyway, I would have a fling with Arby's. Mm Mm-hmm. Panda Express, mm-hmm. burn it to the ground. Hate Elaborate. it. Elaborate. Okay. I do not like Panda Express. I hate their food. Yeah. I don't like the way it tastes. Yeah. I don't like the texture. Yeah. I don't like the mouthfeel. Yeah. I don't like how the restaurant looks. Mm-hmm. I don't like the people that work there. Mm-hmm. I like nothing about Panda Express. What about the logo? Could do without it. The logo's cute. I don't care. I don't like it. Okay. Okay. Opinion person over here. All right. 
I'm sorry I have an opinion that doesn't align with yours, Stevie. I thought the point of this podcast was so we could have conversations about our differing viewpoints. I guess. That wasn't the original premise, but, like, sure. Well, it's always implied with the original premise that we're going to be having conversations with varying viewpoints. I, I, I suppose. To be clear, Panda Express isn't, like, my first love. You know, but I went there a lot in high school. For some reason, that was, like, mine and my boyfriend at the time's, like, go-to date night spot was getting fucking Panda Express. And all I ate was the orange chicken. I never finished the lo mein noodles underneath it because they weren't very good. Here's the thing. Turns out, I just like good orange chicken. And their orange chicken was fine. Once I had better orange chicken with noodles that I actually wanted to eat, after that, I never went back to Panda Express. I don't think I'd ever had Chinese food properly before Panda Express. And then once I had it after Panda Express, I never went back. So to me... Panda Express is a regrettable hookup. Okay, gotcha. I'm stabbing Arby's in an alleyway. And I can marry Wendy's. That is old reliable. Your point about her consistency is excellent. Two more rounds, and then you Two are more freed. Round. Panera Bread, Auntie Anne's, and Zaxby's. Uh, never been to Auntie Anne's. Really? It's in every mall food court in America. It's, it's, is that the it's, one with the pretzels? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, okay, I, I, got, I got the idea for it. Zaxby's? Okay, I would, I would marry Zaxby's. I like their salads. I, I, I do like what they have on offer. It is, it is nice to get. They do a pretty solid Cobb salad. They do a really good Cobb salad. They do a really good Cobb salad. Auntie Anne's, I'd have a fling with her. Okay, okay, okay. Solid pretzel, whatever. You know, mm. I, I, sometimes you know, get in the mood for a pretzel. That would work. Panera Bread is a cheap facsimile knockoff of Atlanta Bread Company. I hate, the, I hate everything about them. They don't even do soup bread bowls right. It's way too much bread for soup. It's a tiny amount of soup and a huge amount of bread. I have not been satisfied with Panera any time I've gone. So Arby's is good because it reminds you of a good restaurant, but Panera is bad because it reminds you of a good restaurant. Panera is bad because it reminds me of a good restaurant and does it poorly. Mm. Arby's doesn't do it that poorly with roast beef. You just haven't had roast beef. It's not our mom's. Perhaps. So Panera bread, I would burn to the ground. I disagree. And because that is your right as a human being. And an American. Don't and forget. And an American. Yes. <laughs> I, it did not occur to me that I could get a salad at a fast food place until I got it at Zaxby's. And then after that, I tried one at Wendy's and it was excellent. Wendy's has good salads. I don't know if y'all knew that. Wendy's salads with a little fruit on it are really good. And Zaxby's has really, really good salads. Auntie Anne's. This is so sad. My best friend in the whole wide world, Faith, took okay. me to Auntie Anne's recently because this is the place that she loves to go on her lunch break at work. And she gets their pretzel, not pretzel, well, their pepperoni bites, which are like little little pretzel balls with little pepperonis on them. Okay. Um, and I got, uh, I, I got a pretzel because she was buying and I thought that was very kind. And we both got cheese sauce to dip our things in. Not great. She loves Auntie Anne's so bad. I don't think she listens to the podcast, so I'm in the clear for now. The cheese sauce was really, really bad. It was... Yeah, I can imagine. I know what kind of cheese sauce it is just by you saying cheese sauce. Salt. I, I, I know the generic yellow color, mustard yellow... Yes. ...cheese yes. sauce that is, is the cheap stuff that they use for... Faker than Velveeta. Velveeta can still pass as being cheese-flavored, but this was just... Salt slime. Yeah, not very appetizing. Not amazing. The pretzel was pretty good, but it was See, fine. You should have gotten a cinnamon sugar pretzel. 
Mm, that does sound delicious. I will give you that. Those that are sounds, good. That sounds delicious, actually. One yeah. time I got a um, pretzel and cheese sauce at a bowling alley because I had a phase in elementary school where I really, really liked bowling, even though I was bad at it. I don't know why. Bowling actually, that's is a fun. Lot. They had a, they had a summer kids pass where you could go do a ton of bowling for a very, very low price. And so there was a summer where mom just kept taking us bowling. Cause I asked to go like once and then they had a deal on it. And so I had my birthday party there. Um, and that's where I had my little pretzel and it was delicious, but I'm really bad at bowling. I should, I should try bowling again. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say, mm, you're not going to like this. I'm marrying Panera bread. That's fine. You can make bad decisions. I've been in a bad marriage before, too, so I'm sure you'll come out of it a stronger maybe, person. Maybe I'll maybe I'll cheat with Zaxby's. Maybe that's when the fuck will happen. But I think that I'd get into the Mary with Panera Bread thinking that this will satisfy me, and it won't. But I'll, I'll do it for the drama, and because I like soup and sandwiches, eventually it won't be enough. You know, it might be doomed from the start, but we'll have a good few years. I'd kill Auntie Anne's in a heartbeat, though. I don't That's care if she's my aunt. I don't care if she's my aunt. So this last round is slightly altered. This is okay. fuck, marry, kill, or roommate, Little Caesars, Captain D's Seafood, Sonic, or KFC. Fuck, marry, kill, or roommate for at least two semesters. Okay. This one's hard for me. It is hard for me as well, actually. Why is it hard for you? I like all of these. It's hard for me because I think all of them are a little bad. Really? You don't like Captain D's? I have actually never been. I'm scared to because it's fast food seafood. It's not bad, Stevie. If you if you ever want to have like a fish dinner and you don't want to pay too much for it, Captain D's is the way to go. And if they, they have got seafood, decent hush puppies. I was about to say, if they have seafood in the name, I feel like they can't be food poisoning people with undercooked seafood. So honestly, if you're going to get seafood from some fast food place, you should probably get it from the seafood fast food place, come to think of it. You know? So this is true. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So, I would. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is hard. Because I also like Little Caesars. Really? Yeah, it's a good cheap pizza. I was about to say, I think it's fine. It is cheap, which is nice, and it's fine for the price. Yeah, exactly. Uh, New jingle just dropped. It's cheap, which is nice, and it's fine for the price. You know what? I'm going to say Kill Sonic. Their burgers tend to be too greasy. I actually don't know if I've had a burger from there, but I like the corn dog. I yeah. like corn dogs in general, though. I really like corn dogs. I was, I was going to say, if you're just a corn dog fan, then. You could give me frozen grocery store corn dogs and I get psyched as fuck. I'm really not that picky. So I'd kill Sonic. Okay. I think that's I fair. I would marry KFC. As you should. As you should. Because it's a solid. It's a solid. Uh, if there's anything that I want to get from there, like. Good chicken, it, it, good biscuits. Good chicken, good sides. I was about to say solid sides. Uh, so I'd marry KFC. Uh-huh. I would have a fling with Captain D's. Because, mm. again, you don't want fish all the time. Yeah. So have a fling with Captain D's. And mm. I would be roommates with Little Caesars. Interesting. I, I, I almost matched that. I would marry KFC. The I love you Colonel Sanders dating sim did convert me. Um, originally, I was going to kill... Captain D's, but I respect the fact that they do seafood better than other fast food places. So for yeah. that, I would I would have Captain D's as a roommate because I think that they'd be very friendly. Nautical themed bathroom for sure. I think that's cool. Like you do, um, yeah. Kill Sonic. They only have one good thing. And I'd hook up with Little Caesars and I think it would be 
passively satisfiable, passively satisfactory. There you go. Yes, I think we have enough for an episode. So Stevie, where can people find you? You can find all my stuff at steviebe.com. That's steviebea.com. I stream on Twitch sometimes at twitch.tv forward slash dv underscore b. And you can find a link to my Discord server also on my website. I might post on TikTok more. We shall see. Micah, where can the people find you? The good people can find my music at mxmaxwell1.bandcamp.com. You can also find me on Blue Sky Social at mxmaxwellmusic. Um, we also have a Patreon, where for a mere, a scant $3 per month, you get twice as many episodes of us to listen to. So if you enjoy what you've been hearing in the free feed, and you would like to hear more stuff, where we get a little bit raunchier sometimes... Yeah. And the topics that we talk about, uh, go yeah. check out the Patreon. Go 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 sign up for that. Uh, Seventy five cents a week. Yeah, it's cheap. It's cheap. And if you want to be really cool and you want to join the cool kids table, you can pay us ten dollars per month, and we will read your name at the end of every podcast. Our ten dollar patrons are Louis Meekle, Rose, P. Wilbo, and Cassidy Johnson. Woo! That was enough kisses for everybody. You won't have to split them today. Indeed. Uh, we also have a Tumblr where if Which you would like to send quizzes to Stevie for suggestions for quizzes we can take, or mm-hmm. if you want to just say hello and talk about how much you love us, mm-hmm. you can message Stevie there. It's uh, an awesome idea. I love getting messages from you guys. Um, you can send me daily questions. Sending quizzes is really, really helpful. I have one lined up that was submitted by somebody recently, and I'm really excited for it because it's going to be fun. Um, so, yeah, and also occasionally I'll post about the stuff that we talked about on the podcast or I'll reblog stuff related to it, and it is Gender Swap Podcast on Tumblr.com. I think that's everything. Yeah, I think that's everything, too. So I guess there's nothing left to say, but bye. bye.